welcome to Soul Quest. This is episode 22. This week we are repurposing or resharing in a different way an episode from our other podcast that we do, Divorce Awakening. This is Michelle Trana. She's a comedian, actress from New Jersey, known as Divorce Diaries. She does an amazing show. She's super funny, super entertaining, and such a great woman, such a great um, mentor to people that are wanting to look at acting or or comedy or entertainment as a career. She really does have a lot to teach others, not just about divorce, but about her journey as a human being. And I thought it would be great to share her story here to the SoulQuest audience. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sharon. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my God, you don't have to thank me. I'm talking know. about myself. I'm like, <laughs> so hard. And I'm so excited to meet you in person. Me too. <laughs> so, how do you say your last name? Trainer. Trainer. I love it. I love it because everyone says it Michelle wrong. Trainer. People want to say trainer or trainers <laughs> or trainor and trains. And it's like the word train, the letter A at the end. But it's difficult. I mean, I get it because I screw up names all the time. And. <laughs> But it's a, yeah. like a laughing Trina. gig. I love Trina. It. I, it's fun to say. So, Michelle Trina from Divorce Diaries. I've been following you on Instagram, and I saw that you were coming to Austin, and I had to jump on that. And I was like, I want to interview you. Can so- you be like the men I talk to? Jump <laughs> on it. Like, that's what they're supposed to Like, that's what a man should do. Every- You're I right, but, you know, men aren't women, so. Exactly. Anyway, here we are in your hotel room in Austin, Texas. I get to meet you in person. And- Laugh our asses off over here. <laughs> I like that. I um, like that. All right. So, so this is the divorce awakening, and we like to focus on the growth and and laughing at things too. But the growth that we've all gone through from our divorce. Yeah. So, how about you tell us our, your story? So I love this. <laughs> Start I love wherever the, you want. <laughs> I know. I love when I get the let's tell her the story because I'm like, well, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> Because in kindergarten, when I was the princess at the table with all the boys, I thought that I really had a good head on my shoulders when it came to men. Because I always had a good relationship with my dad. And my dad used to say, if you have a good relationship with your father, girls will have a good relationship with men. Mm -hmm. If men have a good relationship with with their mom, they'll have a good relationship with women. I don't know what went wrong but with that statement. But my dad and I are very close. And I always had... Not bad relationship with men, but I always tend to like fix the wounded bird, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I started with my marriage, mm-hmm. because my twin brother had mental health issues, so okay. I feel like I was always connected to helping, you know, and you know we have to help him, we have to help him, we have it's not our it's yeah. not his fault, we have to you know tiptoe around him. So I think that carried on with a lot of the men I chose. Um, Interesting. Or I'm just yeah. I don't know. Like sounds like it. Ugh. So your, your, your ex-husband, how old were you guys when you met? I was 23. He was 25. And he was my first boyfriend. Okay. And at Whoa. the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, only tw- I'm still 20. Like, I still haven't had a serious relationship. Which now I'm like, oh, my God. Thank God I haven't had a serious relationship until that point. Because <laughs> yeah. I fall hard. And uh, as you see at 39, <laughs> I'm still kind of going on about it. You know, when I meet a guy and I like them. But mm-hmm. I think that... He was my first boyfriend. We did I did feel in love with him at some point, but there was a lot of red flags in the beginning because he's very di- yes, opposites attract, but he's a lot different in me in the frame of mind that like 
long term, I just wasn't going to work. I changed a lot about myself because I thought I needed to be a certain way so that he felt comfortable. Like I covered up. I didn't act as much. I started to, I got my master's in education because although I loved performing, I felt he wasn't as comfortable with like men touching me or, you know, I was a, I'm a flirty person. Like that has to go right. That kind of thing. Um, he didn't say that directly, but I felt it, Uh you know, and again, I'm in charge of my own behavior. So I guess I should have just taken the blame on that. But we met, we got met, we, you know, we stayed together for four years as a couple and he, or, you know, he proposed when we were together for two years. Um, and we got married after four years, like we two, so it was a two year, year and a half engagement. We got married. I got a teaching position we moved and I got my master's all within like three months, which was stressful, but yay you know like after the wedding you're a grown up you're a grown up now oh my god i'm 27 Oops, sorry um and you think that now i think back i'm like oh my god what in the heck like 27 and like i'm thinking that here we go now the kids now the house and and all that happened but i was miserable like i felt like the part of me that was missing was the part that I suppressed Mm. the performer, the flirt, the wild and crazy, you know, rough around the edges sometimes. And other times I can sound like my degree from NYU. And the other times I'm like, wow, that girl needs to get on meds because she acts really (laughs) irrational (laughs) slash not irrational, passionate, but, um, (laughs) so I suppressed a lot of that and I felt like it was coming to a head. And when I was teaching in Trenton, I started to like have feelings for my boss. I did not have an affair, but I definitely wanted to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't want to cheat on my husband. I felt like, and he looked through my phone. He, the guy that I had a crush on didn't know either, but they clearly there was tension and Mm -hmm. like he was married too. And like, I would never have stepped out of line, but my ex-husband went through my phone and saw like how much we text each other during the day at work. And he's like, this is so inappropriate. And I was like, okay, I get it. And wow. we started going to counseling, but that was like the starter of like, okay, something's big, bad. Like yeah, this is yeah. not good. Like, so we tried, we went to counseling. I got pregnant and that was next three years. We went to counseling. I got pregnant. Things shifted a little bit when I got pregnant because we were so happy that we were expecting a child. But when, and then my school shut down, so I was going to be home with my daughter when I was going to give birth. But when I gave birth, it was a big, like, eye opener of, whoa, this person is really not the one. I just felt like he wasn't the person I envisioned to be with. And before we had, before I got pregnant, we were already having problems. So... If you're having intimacy problems and you're having social emotional connection problems and then you have a kid, that ain't going to fix it because you got to get up with that kid. You got to be able to be like, hey, listen, I mean, it was such a disconnect. So Mm -hmm. I think I said to myself, I'm going to give it a year and see what we can do. We did go back to another therapist, which did not work. Um, And then I asked, you know, I said, I want to be separated. And we lived together separated for eight months, which is horrible. Oh, wow. I had to convince him to put the house on the market because I was like, I think we need to sell the house because we can't keep it if we're going to, you know, be apart. And also, I, don't, I just think that it's the best decision. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to stay here. And we lived like an hour away from where my family was. And it was hard. And then I got a job in North Jersey, a teaching job, and I filed for divorce. 
Wow. And so did he fight you on it at all? Or was he like, okay, let's do this? He fought me on it, for okay. sure. He was very angry with me. Mm -hmm. And we. I also dismissed, another part why he's angry with me, I dismissed the divorce after a month because our child had special, she had speech delays and had to get a developmental evaluation. So that kind of brought us together. We were talking again. And, like, and I was like, maybe we should put the divorce on hold and we'll live separated and go to therapy again. Because it was so overwhelming. Yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, I felt so alone. And yeah. also, at the time, the first lawyer I had was telling me I might have to claim bankruptcy. And I was like, what? Because oh, wow. I was doing a short sale on my house. It was behind on bill. I can't remember. It was just the, the fact that between the mortgage and being behind on everything. So, and then having to pay for the lawyer. So, so uh, he, I dismissed the divorce like an idiot. And then a month later, I was like, that was not a good idea. Because at my new job, I started... Like I met somebody that was, he was Dominican, big, sexy man, oh, gym teacher, and sorry, phys ed teacher. They don't like to be called gym teachers. And I thought I was really attracted to him. And I was like, ooh. And I started getting those butterflies. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't wait to see this guy again. And then I was like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And so I thought I made a big mistake because what's going to keep happening is I'm going to want something else. Right. Um, and I, I don't think that was like my ex-husband's fault. I just think that the relationship is over. Yeah. And we couldn't give each other what we needed. So, yeah, that's the nice version. Um, <laughs> but so I told him we need to get a divorce and he was livid. He's like, so what did you do? Just do mind trick. Like he thought I did something to manipulate him. And I was like, no, I literally just think this is a bad idea. I think what's going to end up happening is I'm going to do what I did the last time, which feel feelings for somebody else. And that's hard to hear. Mm -hmm. So then he like started to think that I did it on purpose. I don't know what I would be doing on purpose mm. because we were both like not well with money at the moment. Mm -hmm. He, I, I also found out later on, like he was gambling my, our money. So, oh wow. Yeah. I and mean, we didn't have a lot of money to begin with. He was an, he's an engineer. I was a teacher and I also have my own theater company. So we were making like middle class, but still like student loan debt, that kind of like where it's paycheck to paycheck. So he filed for divorce on me months later, claiming he didn't have money, claiming he couldn't sign a PSA, even though I took trying to drop a PSA, a property settlement agreement to say, hey, this is the, the, the custody agreement. He filed for divorce on me, which was okay, because I was like, good, let's get this thing started again. Let's get yeah. this over with. Yeah. But I was laughing, I was like, you little son of a. <laughs> but at the end of the day, again, I, I, got, a do, I got a different lawyer who could, who could represent me in his county that was closer to where my ex-husband lived, and it started the process to get me back to me. Mm. I found um, the job, a really wonderful job teaching in a school district that I fell in love with early childhood teaching theater. I got divorced, I started performing again, and mm. things were moving. Uh, and my, my daughter had early intervention services and she um, tested out of any kind of special services. So things were moving along. So that's like the whole divorce and how it kind of, you know, came to be. And then divorce diaries came to be. And you tell me if I'm going on too much. No, so no. That, Go ahead. Yeah. Um, divorce diaries came to be because I always have taken what's going on in my life and performed it because that's just my craft. That's my, that's my outlet. I mean, I hate saying outlet because I feel like it's more than an outlet. It's just who I am and how I'm going to always uh, manipulate things like my daughter's not doing well in school we do role play right um, 
You know, we were, you guys came yeah, in here and we were, I was already performing <laughs> for you. I, know, eat, eat, yeah. I mean, I think it's great to use um, your life and you're like just creating mm-hmm. humor with it. You know, you're serious, but you're also creating humor with it. I think it's such a healing thing to laugh through your hardships. Yeah, because I think that if, for me, I always filtered out, you know, frustrations through performance and comedy was a big part of it because it made me laugh and it made other people laugh and then you start to feel better. Mm-hmm. And my, in my family, we did that growing up in this Italian household that was chaotic. We had a lot of struggles financially and with like my brother had, you know, mental health issues. The only thing that we could finally come together was with spaghetti and family dinners and like making jokes about the past or making jokes about people and then creating this like storytelling moments Mm -hmm. where you're just like up you know you can't stop laughing and those are the moments (laughs) you remember and then you feel like that's why I had a good childhood you know that's why you feel like you had good moments and like you know the other day my daughter was having a, a, a little bit of a moment she's like I'm feeling impulsive I'm feeling impulsive and I was like oh Jesus and then she goes like this she puts her fingers in my face and sews one and I was like I was like I started laughing I was like what is that and she started laughing too and then I forgot it was the new signal cue that her teacher made up for her oh. and I almost peed in my pants I was like oh my god and then she started laughing too because she just was like this pointing at my finger I was like because she stopped she's holding herself from, a one up and you're like what I don't get it because she stopped herself from screaming and just held up the finger oh, wow. and we, I was like that's great and then we just burst out laughing and that's what my show is it's like these moments that are intense but it's like oh, yeah. then there's the humor part of it right because yeah. you don't see that a lot with with families with right. processing <laughs> special needs you don't see that you do see the humor and like there's movies out with perfect you know but the bout moms mm-hmm. but you don't see those breakdowns and then all of a sudden they're around the corner is a comedic yeah. bait, a beat yeah but Divorce Diaries came, I think, as a theater piece first, and then it evolved into a one-woman comedy show because I had started, I went back to doing comedy. I did a comedy years ago, but improv. Like, I studied at UCB, and they yeah, wouldn't have me back after I got divorced because I had to go take level one again. Oh. And you have to pay, like, $400 these classes. And then they, they were filled up. So I was like, ah, <laughs> I'll take a stand-up class at, at Caroline's, at Caroline's Comedy Club in Caroline's on Broadway in New York. And I met one of my mentors there. She was the teacher. And I, st- I never stopped d- doing stand-up since. So. Wow. So you... Okay. So growing up, did you want to be in theater? I mean, always. I always wanted to be performing. I didn't know I wanted to be in theater professionally until I was in high school. But I always danced. Like in second mm. grade, I started dancing. I always acted at home and did fun like skits. I always had it in me. Uh, in high school, uh, middle school, I never made the music. I always auditioned for the play. He never picked me. That music teacher had some <laughs> issues with me. I don't know what it was, too. Oh, he God. never had a dance audition. He had a singing audition and an acting audition, and I wasn't good for either. Well, <laughs> screw him, because I ended up booking a lot of musical theater work afterwards. Anyway, wow. so in, in high school, uh, the my the best moment was when I got into the musical and I set my tone for like how amazing my high school life was and my college life and then theater was just like it I was a sophomore in high school doing Hello Dolly and I decide I'll never forget I was standing backstage I'm gonna do this for a living so wow yeah I was like yeah I'm gonna do it for a living and I it, and what an it, amazing moment oh my it God. was yeah 
cut to my mom like, how are you going to pay health insurance? Just <laughs> pay your bills. I'm opening no, up the right. water. I mean, that's the thing when it comes to following your dreams. <laughs> I, I've, heard, I've heard it from my parents. I was, I was a teacher. Yeah. Um, quit to do this life coaching for kids thing. And now I love I'm that. trying to life coach all kinds of people. But my mom and dad are always like, what about health insurance? What about health insurance? I'm like, that's not, that's fine. I'll deal with that when I have to, you, but I can't you live know, in a job that I don't like. Exactly. So what about that? What about the mental health issues yes. people have when they're not doing a job that they love? So when people say, you know, acting is not a stable career, I disagree. I think what's not a stable career is doing something that you don't feel so excited about that you can't stop doing it. And mm-hmm. yes, I have issues with putting work down at home, but that's because I love it because, so much. Yeah, exactly. And it's and you. It's, it's part me. of you. It's part life, of yeah. me. It's right. And then you embed it in like, I have a theater company for children, right? But it's right now on the, now I want to say the back burner, but it's on, it's right here because I have so much going on with divorce diaries. There's just not enough time. And right. I, I, I don't have enough income with the theater company to hire a person. So we're just going to leave it doing its keeping, mm-hmm. maintaining it. Right. So it's not to say like, it's not stable. You just have to figure out, figure it out. Right. Like last, and you have to do multiple things. And I think that everyone still looks at it like, so what are you doing in Austin? Like you're doing it. So are you getting paid for this? Like they say that because people want to know, like, it seems like you're happy. Mm -hmm. Not that everyone wants to thrive on hate, but like, it seems like, oh, she's happy. Well, is she making money doing this? Let's find a way to like nitpick. (laughs) This took like, and the thing is like, you have to look at a lot of things in your career as investments. And then also what are not worth investments. And then also things that are like, okay, and how am I profiting off of that, right? Right. So I teach on the side, I adjunct at a college, and I have divorce diaries in my theater company, both businesses now. So all three things make me so happy. And if I have to focus more on one, because not that divorce diaries is the favorite child, but it's a favorite child, let's be real. (laughs) It is, yeah. It's like from your heart, this passion. And doesn't mean you don't like the other things you're doing, but... It's the favorite. Yeah, you're right. That's right. And you're working really hard at and so what is your vision with divorce diaries so the vision is a television series with the one woman show traveling throughout the country um on tour so that's the overall vision i see right this big brand like the television series is like becomes the next office right because it's a mockumentary and it's parallel to the live comedy show because it's my life and my best friend doug who's also a comic features in the show and in this in the live show and in the in the television series he is the person who films me so it's like and because he is an actual film director and uh comedian so it's like we're just taking tweaks of my real life and i scripted i put them in a script form um because I like the unscripted series, why I'm in Austin is really was me just filming myself on my phone through TikTok mm-hmm. and editing them and creating storylines from each day. So again, whatever is up on the screen tomorrow night happens, which yeah. I think is awesome because that's the scripted series too. But now we're just kind of making it more plot driven and like fine tuning it. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like it's it's my life, and I think that. I like sharing it because I feel like I can help people, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer in sharing your story because somebody else needs to hear it. Somebody else needs to learn from it and heal from it. And connecting, like we have been just in this hotel room <laughs> since we walked in, <laughs> on things that we have in, in common and, and then laughing. <laughs> 
laughing about it. Oh my God, yeah, this is serious for a second. But then like, let's laugh about it because you know what? We can't take life too seriously. I mean. Laughing about it and healing and then also feeling motivated. Because I feel like then when you're motivated, it's like all these other things start to happen and like Mm -hmm. other little flowers grow from, you know, I mean. Right. The person I was talking about before this, we will not mention his name, but maybe we will. No, okay. Um, he asked me to work on something with him about writing like bullet points that to empty my brain out. I was like, oh, I love doing stuff like that. I love just throwing out our like brainstorms. Like mm-hmm. that's where I feel like I can excel at because I, it doesn't have to be perfect grammar. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. fully fleshed out. So like that kind of thing gets me so excited because then I'm like, oh, and look at all these other ideas that yeah. we can do that, you know. Yeah. I agree. Me too. I love it. And so, and when you're being creative with your comedy, you're downloading all kinds of other ideas because you're letting that be your outlet. Like you're, yeah, you're, you're letting it be your outlet. I mean, when I have anxiety, I start to cr- write jokes about what I'm having anxiety about. <laughs> you guys see you do that. You do. Oh, you see it. I mean, it's the truth. Like, I had... Someone said something to me about... Welcome to This is episode uh, 22. Somebody said something this to me week that we are repurposing, so I started, resharing I a in a different way, an episode from our other so podcast like, that we do, Divorce Awakening. This is Michelle Trana. She's a comedian, actress from New Jersey, known as Divorce Diaries. She does an amazing that, like, show. She's super funny, super entertaining, and such a great that kind of email. woman. You know such I mean? a great like, um, mentor to away. people yeah, that are like, wanting yeah, to look at uh, acting or, or comedy <laughs> or entertainment <laughs> as a career. She really does like have a, a lot I will just keep coming to back. teach others, <laughs> not just about divorce, but about her journey as a human being. And I thought it would be great to share her story here. She's putting herself out there as a I hope Part you enjoy. the body. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's okay. hilarious. I've been checked out. <laughs> Actually, I do have to get another. I haven't had sex in a year, so I have. I'm a clean, but I have to get a guy. My guy appointment has just passed by. I first realized that. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, we still got a few eggs left yeah. in there for the guy that I'm crushing on because he does want a child. Okay. Not that he's allowed to have any of my eggs, but just in case he moves oh, to New Jersey. That is funny. I love it. I love it. I just love that you're just like, what is this bitch crazy? I mean, (laughs) I just love that you're so um, open about my dysfunction. Yes. No, I love it. (laughs) I think everybody should be more open. I mean, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, okay. So I I think it's so cool that we're sitting in this. I was just thinking about this while you were talking because I remember, I mean, I was watching you and laughing at you on the stream before I reached out to you. But I remember thinking, I'm going to ask that girl to do a podcast one day, but I'll wait a few months. I was like, I'm going to wait a few months when we're in, you know, more into the podcast. And then I saw your post the next day. I'm going to be in Austin comedy. I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. I'm going <laughs> to that's that girl. That's God. That's God saying you got to talk to this girl. I know. I was like, weird. This is crazy. And then, okay. So then I told Cisco, you know, cause he does this podcast with me and then he was visiting me one weekend he didn't really, he, he heard me talk about it, but he didn't really know. He doesn't follow you or any, I'm sure he does now, but then he had a dream when we were together that he was on stage. He was a com- he was a comic and he had to keep thinking of jokes or something. I can't remember exactly. It was something like that. And then I was like, well, you know that we're, you know, we're going to interview this comedian. And I was like showing him your stuff. Yeah. And he's like, 
that's so weird that is so weird that i had this dream i was like yeah i don't know there's some connection here <laughs> maybe he needs to start getting material on stage go to an MMA. seriously because i think that people ha everyone has that in them everybody has some kind of craft in them right writing a comedy oh, yeah uh there's there's movement saying everyone can do all those things and it's oh, yeah. also how you tap into them um yeah i agree i actually reached out to a friend She's going through a crazy divorce. It's been years. And she's like, you know what? I'm doing improv now. And I was like, oh, wow. Because I'd asked her if she wanted to do that, the, um, the show you did for yeah. us, if she wanted to come. And she never showed up for some reason. But she was like, yeah, it helps me. It helps me so much to get on stage and just laugh about things. And Which yeah. is why I feel like, you know, I do this Healing Through Humor program, uh, you know, not as mm. much now, but it helps patients that I was doing at a oh, doctor's office. And, uh, it really helped them just like get stuff out and also like it helps my kid when she role plays yeah. i helps me and then yeah. like you know hearing other people like if if i do some, a joke about something that happened to me like i never i know if my ex-husband watches my stuff or not i try to self-deprecate a little bit but i do sort of go in on him a little bit <laughs> but his girlfriend has watched my stuff and she just told me that she's like oh of course you know i've watched her stuff and i was like <laughs> I was going to ask you Which about ones? that because that was, I think that was the funniest part where I laughed the hardest at the show was when you were talking about him, when you walked in, you were trying to meet the girlfriend. You're like, why is she in the bathroom? She's hiding in the bathroom because <laughs> she was brushing her teeth with her bowl. I was like, y'all Rico weed. What is going on? There's an eight year old staying over. Can you not? Yes. Weed well, that's is like a maddening moment. I can imagine myself just going ballistic, yeah. but. And then it's like, you look like the crazy person. We yeah. have to come back in the house and like, so can I meet you? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, <laughs> and then. <laughs> I had to talk to her this weekend about reprimanding my kid. And she didn't, I think, reprimand her in a negative way. My daughter was having anxiety and screaming for an hour at 5.30 in the morning. And his girlfriend bartends, so she's up till 2 a.m. And then she needs to unwind, so she stays up for another three hours. Y'all, this is a hard knock life for you, girl. I mean, woo! Let me just tell you. Sleep somewhere else for the four days a month my ex-husband sees his child, for the love of God. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that really could be a, a solution. solution. Yeah. Get a bedroom for my kid. They don't have a bedroom for her. She sleeps at the edge of the... This is so horrible. Um, well, here's the thing. Has he listened to these kinds of things? I don't know. Maybe. Nobody has bashed. Like, no one said anything yet. Um, and if the conversation comes up, I'm like, look, it's a story. It's my life. Like, let's talk about how you're late all the time with money. Let's talk yeah. about the fact that... Yeah, I'm neurotic. I can be very, like, I, I don't even, I wish I could just turn my phone off and not worry about my daughter for tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. Mm -hmm. But she relies on me. Yeah. I'm her consistency. You are like when <laughs> Starbucks gives you a free item because you've acquired mm -hmm. points. That's your consistency. Mm -hmm. You're not all the way there. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I would even compare him to Starbucks because I like Starbucks. But... <laughs> He, and like his girlfriend was very nice when we talked, we had an open dialogue about the, uh, you know, how to process and handle my daughter. But at first I was like, I'm gonna F this, you know what, up. How do you even try to take a toy away from my kid? You don't know what she's going through and she's mm -hmm. having anxiety. She's not being disrespectful to you. Get your, no, okay, I'm gonna stop. 
I get very street because I was born and raised in like an inner city, so I get very like, you have to listen to me, or I'm gonna kick you in the face, because that's accepted. No, it's not. I know, it's really horrible. I, that's what the guy said to me. He's like, so do you just think like it's okay to say you're Italian? That's okay for you to scream because you're Italian? I was like, yes. So what's the, what's the question? It's a part of you. It's like, I know. He's like, he's like just because you're Italian doesn't give you the right to say, say that you're Italian and you get to scream and fly off the handle. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll scream and fly off the handle because of how you say things to me. How about that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so... so Okay, we're getting a little feel of how your your daughter's dad. <laughs> how long has he been dating? I mean, the have you had to deal with other uh, girls? No, oh, okay, yes. I had one other experience that was horrible when he introduced a girlfriend without even letting anybody know. He just said, basically, he took my daughter the weekend. I picked her up. She goes, I didn't sleep here last night. I was like, come again? I slept at daddy's friend's house. Oh, wow. He slept at the girlfriend's house with the girlfriend's daughter in the same bed. And then they took a bath together the next day. So I lost it. And then I kept saying, yeah, he's such a, I mean, and so that whole experience threw me into like a whirlwind. I did a joke about it when I was driving to a show and I was like, how would you think? Like, I was like, you know what? No more, take two girls who don't know each other, take a bath together. You're not even supervising without bathing suits, clothes, naked, right? And then you're, I was saying to him, I'm like, no more play dates when you have Grace. And he's like, you can't tell me who, who to bring around my our daughter. I was like, fair enough. You can't call the cops on me when I stab you in your face. <laughs> okay? And, like, that came out in the car. And I was like, oh, that's a good joke. Let me try it tonight. And it worked. And the thing was, he broke up with the girlfriend shortly after and never really introduced Grace to another person. Now, this girlfriend he did introduce to her once a year ago, which was fine. I don't care about that. And then all of a sudden, New Year's Eve, he's like, by the way, my girlfriend's here. Ten minutes before he rolled up. And that's my ex-husband. Last minute with everything. Oh, by the way, no conversation. He's like, on, he's on his own spectrum of like cookie monster meets somebody who can't look like somebody who has like weird like eye issues that doesn't like, I don't even know. That's not really appropriate. I don't know. He, he sounds like cookie monster and like oscar the grouch when you try to ask him a question and but he's like <laughs> flinging like weed from his beard because he's just got done smoking <laughs> well i say well, how long has your girlfriend been staying yeah yeah <sighs> what like, that's how he, he grumbles and stuff he's just on another level wow and then is the girl like thing is like he did agree with me about the girlfriend kind of reprimanding grace a little bit and when i spoke with i told him like look let's the three of us talk like, let's talk about how to manage grace. Because my one girlfriend who's an early childhood su- uh, supervisor, she's like, if he can't manage grace, how is he going to be able to tell his girlfriend how to manage grace? I'm like, yeah, that's true. Mm. So I was like, let's all Good talk point. together. And we talked, and I was crying. Cause she said, she goes, like, I love grace. We love grace. You know, we, we're here for you and her. And I was like, I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Wow. I mean, who knows what she's really thinking about me. Whatever. But <laughs> I appreciated the words. Yeah. I needed to hear it. I needed uh-huh. to feel it. And because I was an anxious mess about it, but he doesn't really say anything about my show. He knows I do the show. He knows he knows I did Wendy Williams, and he did. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, this is your thing, you know. I was like, okay, wow. So keep it, keep fingers crossed yeah. because. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd love for him to come see the show. I'd like to be like, hey, take a look at it. This is what I do. Look, yeah. there's a piece of... What is... There's, there's a weed in my sock. 
just like a thorn. Welcome to Texas. No, I don't. That's okay. Hey, listen, I'm really up for meeting a cute Texan. All right. Well, we'll be on South Congress, so maybe. Well, maybe I should change. It's okay. My spray tan has sort of lasted from last week. All right. Well, well, we'll wrap this up. Let's go eat. And thank you so much. And I will put your information in the show notes for anybody to donate to your... Oh, yeah. That go fund me. Go yeah. to DivorceDiaryShow.com. You'll find everything. The latest information about the television series, the pilot, upcoming shows. Thank so you exciting. so much. I know. Yay.